So there's all sorts of things out there. It's just a matter of being resourceful as a consumer. Maybe that means having a trusted advisor, a trusted lender who knows what they're talking about, knows all those programs, or sometimes more important than someone who's all knowing is just someone who's resourceful as a lender, someone who knows how to find the answers or who to go to or has the resources you know, on their utility belt, belt per se to get those answers for you quickly and to do that digging. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? The guest on this week's episode of the podcast is an absolutely awesome guy, and you are going to love him. Todd is a senior loan officer with Mortgage Network out of Burlington, and today we talk about a ton of awesome topics from how to get into real estate with much less than 20% down, how important it is to be resourceful with the people on your team, how to avoid analysis paralysis, how much the concept of mentorship can change your life, building genuine personal relationships and playing connector, and so much more. This interview with Todd was so much fun, and there was a ton of extremely helpful information, especially for first-time homebuyers and people just jumping into the business world. I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 75 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we get the great pleasure of chatting with Todd Bettinson an absolutely amazing senior loan officer with Mortgage Network out of Burlington, Mass. What's going on, Todd? How are you, man? Very excited to have you on. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me. No, I'm doing well. Excited to finally get the chance to do it. Um, yeah, things are well. Things are well. Hope all the same for you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely been um been a, a little bit of a learning experience uh, with, with the house I just bought, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's I'm very, very excited to have you on here. Um, wonderful Friday, 50 degrees out and sunny, hopefully, you know, starting to to get more towards the spring eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, well, we have to see how that plays out. We all know how the New England kind of works, you know what I mean? It's 50 one day, 20 the next, and 50 again afterwards. So we'll cross our fingers and see where it goes. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, so, you know, to kind of like jump right into things, you know, Tell us a little bit about, you know, what kind of got you into like the real estate industry, like your backstory, um, you know, a little bit about like your company. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'll try and keep it less than 10 minutes, honestly. It's like, uh, <laughs> so I, my family, my father, you know, he owned a real estate brokerage. Uh, he's owned it for a while. He's been in real estate for a long time. So I have some family connections in the real estate world. And um, so in the very, very like, you know, I guess, infant stages of it. it, you know, my first involvement with real estate is kind of, was kind of just listening to it when I was little, you know, um, around 2014, I was working in retail banking and, you know, I decided to get my real estate license. And, and, and for me, trying to do both things to juggle too much at once. Um, well, it was juggling too much at once was my experience. You know, I, I feel like with real estate as a realtor, you really got to to commit you gotta jump in sometimes at least that's that's who i am i can't give something half effort while i'm giving full time full time effort to something else so um you know i got my license but it, that, that was it didn't end up being what clicked you know it wasn't really what clicked for me but then through my 
banking world um, that became the opportunity to get into the mortgage world. And so I started with that in the end of 2015. And that's really how I've truly developed uh, my knowledge and experience within that world. And, and going back to kind of having that connection to the real estate industry from like a younger uh, age, you know, it was, it was super helpful because, you know, you hear all these terms, purchase and sale, financing, falling through contingency, all these things. And you don't realize you're absorbing something until, you know, you jump into it. And now it matters for your career and what you do. Um, and there's something you recognize, it's things you understand, there's perspectives that you have that you might not have otherwise, um, had you not heard that stuff from a little age. So there was a little bit, you know, just from being around it as in my youth to then just how my career happened to unfold. I found myself in the mortgage world about six years ago. Um, the first two of it being with a small local bank that was uh, fantastic. And then the last four, as you mentioned, with the company called Mortgage Network Inc. Um, and it's, it's, a fan it's a fantastic place to work. Honestly, it's an awesome culture, uh, great resources. Um, you know, not to bore everyone to death with it, but it's, it's, it's a good, there's, there's a lot of different types of places you can go to get a mortgage. You know, you have banks where generally they have their own products and, and potentially portfolio products. You have brokerages where they're just literally a third party who connects applicants to the banks and to the lenders. And then you have uh, what Mortgage Network is, which is almost, you know, biased, uh, the best of both worlds, where like the banks, you know, we have our own money, we can, we can lend our own money, um, our own products, mostly conventional type products. And then we have access to the FHA, VA, um, all those programs you hear about, as well as connections with local banks. So we can still do that connecting of people. So um, it's a good place. It's been a good path to this point in time. And uh yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the surmised way I've gotten into the real estate world. And then, you know, it evolves from there. So yeah. <laughs> that's super cool, Todd. Yeah, I, I love that so much. And I thought that was really valuable. Um, it was definitely a, a nugget in there a second ago about, you know, like there's several different kind of places that you can go to to get mortgages and like, you know, different kind of loan products and stuff out there for different situations. And um mm -hmm. I know definitely, you know, one thing that I didn't know, like before jumping into the real estate space, I figured, you know, everything was like, you know, 20% down conventional and that was it, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's kind of, you know, almost like a standard kind of thing, you know, if like, you're not really knowledgeable about it and um, it's definitely not the case. <laughs> yeah, no, it certainly isn't. No, it certainly isn't. It's like, uh, you know, that maybe it's being in the business so like directly, but it's like, I actually feel like it's becoming way more common knowledge that 20% down is not the, the case, you know? And I think a lot of the time that becomes a talking point where it's like, it doesn't have to be 20% down, it doesn't have to be 20% down. It's like, well, yeah, that I mean, and that part is not necessarily to, a, to everybody news anymore. I think what's news or what's important to learn is, well, in what situation is it 5% down or 3% down or 3.5% down? Because and for the most part, I think a lot of people know, maybe not everybody, that like you can go 20 or 15 or 10 or 5. But a lot of people are just focused on single family homes or condos, whereas a first time home buyer, you can put it as little as 3% down. It's that simple. Or if you're a repeat home buyer, it's likely 5% down. But then you get into the, and like you literally experiencing yourself personally, then you get into the house hacking scenarios where it's like, well, how do I get into a multifamily? without needing the 15% down for a duplex or 25% down for a three family? What are my options? And that's where you have to get into the federal agencies, the state agencies, and 
the most common one people think of at that point in time is FHA, where you can go 3.5% down for the multifamily owner-occupied residence. Um, but, you know, there's also options for, you know, in the state of Massachusetts, mass housing, where you can do it at 5% down and such. And there's all sorts of different products and programs, and some of them are state agencies. Some of them are, you know, more federal agencies. Some are just portfolio products. There's doctors ones where doctors can get homes and there's no PMI. So there's all sorts of things out there. It's just a matter of being resourceful as a consumer. Maybe that means having a trusted advisor, a trusted lender who knows what they're talking about, knows all those programs, or sometimes more important than someone who's all knowing is just someone who's resourceful as a lender, someone who knows how to find the answers or who to go to or has the resources, you know, on their utility belt per se to get those answers for you quickly and to do that digging. Um, it's a constantly changing environment in the mortgage world. So really, it's about being resourceful more than knowing everything. The person who tells you they know everything, if you show me the person who tells me they know everything, I'll show you a liar. There's, <laughs> there's going to be things you have to learn, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I totally agree. And it's I, I love the way you worded that as well, you know, about like, you know, the different kind of situations and like, you know, the tools on your tool belt for like whatever situation and um to your point as well about like, you know, some of the, like the state loans and stuff like mass housing and everything, like literally like one of my buyers told me about, um, the MHP one, uh, like mass yeah. housing loan. Yeah. And like, I've never heard of it before until they told me about it. I'm like, yeah. whoa, like it's, it's just kind of crazy how, you know, there are like some of those kind of programs that like most people don't know about. And like, right. I'll tell like investors and stuff now. And like, you know, like, first time home buyers that haven't, you know, started looking or anything yet. I'm like, you guys got to check this out. I'm like, you yeah. know, maybe it will fit your situation. Maybe it won't, but like, exactly. you know, it's like, let me just kind of like put this in front of you and like, you know, see how you feel about right, it. Right. Well, it's that's crazy. the thing. And that's, and that's kind of the value add is something in the profession, right? Just kind of knowing the things that you can kind of point people towards and kind of, it, it's almost, a, it's, it's, it's almost like immersing yourself in just conversation and learning and education, really. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, for that mass, the MHP one that you're talking about, yep. um, it's actually, those are two separate agencies. There's mass housing, and there's mass housing partnership. And so those are two separate products. But like, to your point, I didn't even mention that one beforehand. And that is a product. Like that is another program for people to buy homes with some type of assistance. And so a lot of the times learning is seminars and webinars and seeing what's out there and seeing what people are, you know, what agencies are out there teaching what they do. But then a lot of it's just networking and talking. And, and when I talk about the utility about the resources, I'm really talking about people, you know, I mean, your experience in getting to buy your home at your house happening. Like I, I see your podcast. I see how many people you talk to and how many people you're networking with and gaining the perspectives of, and everyone's story is a little different. And so much of the world, I feel like you, you figure out kind of through mentorship and just learning people's experience. I mean, there's a reason I feel like in history, the best tradespeople, like I'm not a historian, so I shouldn't say like, oh, in history, <laughs> the best tradespeople, but you know, the people who have mastered their craft picked a person that they thought did it well and just trained under that person. You can't learn everything in a book or online. Some of it's just talking to people and networking and learning about how they did it. And then you find those little niches because outside of even just knowing the products and knowing what's available, it's knowing how to use it within the market, not just knowing the guidelines, but what homes is this FHA mortgage going to work on? What situation is too competitive to be competitive with an FHA offer or a mass housing or MHP offer? 
there's there's that experience level stuff that you, you need to have those people to talk to who do it a lot or, or have the knowledge even. and you kind of use that wisdom that advice to kind of sharpen your own craft you know yeah no thank you so much <laughs> but no you're, you're definitely yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. Like, yeah everybody's story is a little bit different and you know just like reaching out and and connecting with people like you know across the board like you know if they're like just buying single families or condos or, or multi-families um you know there's there's a lot of value in in just talking to as many people as you can you know and and to your point about um you know like just knowing like some of the loan products and stuff like that like that's great but like you have to be able to like you don't know how to apply it as well you know and yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's well there, there's like real life and there's paper right you know it's like there is how it works on paper yes you qualify then there is real life like what i can qualify somebody for a you know a a mass housing loan with down payment assistance to buy a place up to three hundred thousand dollars are they going to go and look for a single family in 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 boston (laughs) probably not going to work it has to be the real situation where that applies so there's the kind of like you know that I feel like is where, you know, experience and, and the networking and the kind of resources you have can come into play because everyone has their niches everyone has how they've seen it or done it or, or how they've heard it. And the more perspective you get, I feel like the more you can kind of absorb from it. Um, so, I mean, I mean, flipping it from the mortgage side of stuff and like the investor world, you know, I've, I've talked to plenty of people who do real estate investing in different ways to people who are going to flip or people who are going to con- uh, compile a portfolio that portfolio might be multifamilies. It might be condos. It might involve property management. It might not. It might have the end goal of selling off half of your portfolio once it's value enough to get the complex. Yeah. But there's so many different ways to skin the cat. And it's kind of like, just kind of, I think the, I think sometimes the toughest part, and I don't say this to somebody who's, who's like so active in it that I can say like from experience, the toughest <laughs> part, but it's like, I think the toughest part sometimes can be like analysis paralysis where there's so many options or you don't have your, your your preference in place and so you don't want to go too far down any path because you want to leave all the options open but then you don't get started either and i feel like the biggest thing is to just make a plan and start with that plan because you know there's i do a decent amount of reading and i can't take credit for every phrase i'm going to spit out because i'm serious i've copied probably most of them but there's a book i read i think it's by jeff olson it's called like um, the slight edge and uh, it's a great book, but one piece of it, like one little piece about it is kind of like the plan isn't what gets you to the finish line. It's what gets you started. And it's basically uh, to say that like your plan is going to change. You don't worry about making the perfect plan. Just make a plan and start with the plan and it's going to evolve. But, you know, getting started is the first step. And then you're going to course correct along the way until you get to the finish line. Yeah. But even the goal might change over time. It's just getting started. So, you know, it's, it's you know, I don't know my thoughts yeah yeah Yeah, no I I totally agree and like even uh when I was you know looking for this property like the amount of times that I bounced around bounced around you know like my criteria a little bit you know at first um at first I was looking for like just a duplex in Lowell and then you know some things changed and I had more conversations and you know that turned into like a, a three family in Lowell and then I'm like oh well that price point's way too high so now like you know, where else can I find a three family? Um, you know, yeah. and that led me out, you know, a little bit more West towards like Lemonster, Worcester, like that neck of the woods and like everything bounced right. around a couple of times, but I yeah. totally agree with you. Like, I feel like the important thing is, is just getting started and getting that baseline and like, at least like just have a plan that's on paper. Like exactly. it might not be the one that you finish with, 
to your point, but like, if you get started, like you can just shift, you know, but you already kind of right. feel like kind of got over the hump and, um, you know, it's, it's yeah. just kind of course correcting until, until you find what you want. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't think of the last time, like, I can't think of the last time I've had my daily calendar actually go perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Something always gets thrown (laughs) off. Like it's supposed to be a certain way, but like everything shifts a little bit. There's always stuff (laughs) moving around kind of a little. So yeah, you know, it's like most important things sometimes I feel like with whatever your goal is, whether, you know, it doesn't necessarily specifically real estate investment, it can be anything. It's yeah. Any goal you have, the important things are planned, but really just to get started because stuff changes, you know, you're just going to keep keep going. So Exactly. And I, I feel like that ties pretty good back with, you know, just kind of like making relationships and, and networking with people and everything. And like, you know, if you're thinking about maybe jumping into a space, um, even if it isn't in the real estate world, like maybe you want to start like a small business or something or, yeah. you know, start a landscaping company or something like, yeah. you know, like if you can just go out and, and reach out to maybe some of those people that like work for landscaping companies or, right. or own real estate companies or in the office or, right. you know, and just kind of get a taste of like, oh, you know, maybe this is something that really right. resonates with me or maybe it doesn't, you know, and then I, I need to shift. But like the thing I I absolutely love, man, is like the day and age that we're in with social media, because literally like, like you could go on like Instagram or Facebook, look up like landscaping and then like all the friggin' like landscaping companies in like Massachusetts will show up, you know, you follow them, like interact and stuff, make some friends and, you know, send them a message. And, you know, all of a sudden you're talking to somebody on the phone, like the same day, you know, kind of pick their brain and like yeah <laughs> it's yeah cool. no it's it's true like there's a different level of connection uh, e- well there's a, not, maybe not a, even a different level of connection but a different level of like ease of creating an introduction you know like if, if that is what you want to do if you are trying to see i mean even when it comes to vacation if you go into like a new town and you're trying to figure out things to do like go on instagram check out what people <laughs> are posting in that town you can figure it out you can you can do so much investigation on on social media and to your point, you could use that to your advantage with learning more about, you know, direct knowledge from somebody about an industry. If you pick enough brains and enough people are receptive to talking about it, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's a, you know, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. If you kind of find the right people to talk to, I mean, that's a good point. I, I haven't even really thought about that too, too much myself in, in, in that specific sense, where it's like, if you want to connect with individual people who know how to do it, you could even just do it over Instagram, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think about it, it's like, I feel like so many people who do start their own businesses, you know, they have some experience in that business. They work underneath somebody for so long doing it and they get that knowledge. Um, but that's not all the time either. I mean, some people have definitely just chosen that this is an area, this is a field or a business I would be interested in. And then it just becomes that model of, or maybe it becomes that model of like, Hey, let's grab a beer. If you don't mind me like picking your brain and just like, just chatting, you know what I mean? Um, you know, in my, in my world, so much of my like profession, uh, like mortgages comes from just making connections and trying to build those relationships where you know, like, and trust people. And I feel like a lot of the best relationships you find are almost when you weren't looking for them. Like you can call and set up a million lunches and coffees because you got to turn over a lot of, a lot of rocks before you find something you're looking for per se. 
And sometimes it's when, it, when you didn't even realize you were turning over a stone that you find it too. You know what I mean? I remember I had a meeting with somebody, you know, remain nameless, although maybe <laughs> for the sake of advertising, they'd like if I mentioned their name. So there's someone I just connected up with and it was like, I have a free morning, well, I'll have to meet up for coffee and just chat. And they were, you know, they were a licensed realtor. And I figured because they like doing daily transactions. And as I found out, it was it was not that case. They don't really deal with buying and selling and representation a lot. They were like a developer in like a specific subset of Boston, like my age or younger, you know, like less than 30 or just about 30. Um, and they had left one job and didn't really feel like jumping into the corporate job, but they knew their landlord was like a, like a real estate investor. And so they were like, hey, like, can we like chat sometime and the guy basically took him on for a mentor for like one or two projects and and now he's into real estate development in a specific subset of boston and it's like stuff that's like beyond what i could even envision trying to navigate it's like zoning laws it's you know buying places that were formerly commercial and residential and and dealing with the conversion to fully residential places like renovating getting investor money like all these different things where it's like you can't really learn about it in a book or online you're right. Not to the extent that you could just go into a city and do it. Like you have to talk to somebody who's done that before because every town, every city is going to be different. There's different laws. There's different people that you're going to interact with and you need to know how to do it efficiently. If you don't prepare for one town meeting, a city meeting the right way, you might have to wait for the next one, which is months of carrying costs that you probably <laughs> don't want to pay on your project and will take from your bottom line. So there is like this like methodology, I think that Again, like anything, not just real estate investing, but like you have to learn the ins and outs of anything you do. Um, and to go back to the original pilot story, this was the most unassuming person I've really had coffee with. When I met with them, I thought they might have been the barista walking into work in the coffee shop we were going to work in. And as it turns out, they're like, it's like, oh, you are the person I'm here to meet. And you're like a legit, like, like fully into it, not just aspiring real estate investor. And not even like past the point even of just like, getting conventional mortgage financing to pick up portfolios like full-on like you know like not not even really commercial and in, like investing like like private money investing like it's it was it was wild honestly but it's another one of those perspectives like you just you don't know who you're going to talk to and so if you if you kind of disengage somebody because you have a notion about them before you speak to them you could be missing an opportunity to talk to someone who's just so like valuable is the wrong word because it makes it sound like you're trying to use people but just so like resourceful like someone who's just like just interesting to talk to at the very least you know what i mean to oh, learn totally. something from probably anybody yeah no I, I totally agree with you man like you know it's it's really cool when that happens too because like like if you're just you know like connecting with a lot of people it's like oh you know like we'll have a good conversation and then like somebody completely blows you out of the water and like throws a curveball like that like yeah. I, I don't know about you, man. Like I, I'll get all like giddy and everything. Like, you know, and when, when one of those conversations just pops up all of a sudden, yeah, you know, like it's like you know, the craziest thing in the world. Like, like well, just to hear the story, you know? Yeah. You no, know, I mean, it totally is though. If you, if you frequent networking events and, and, and your job in any way involves coffees and lunches, it's like that can get mundane if you treat it as a, um, how do you put it? Like a scripted dialogue. If you have a plan going into those conversations, eventually the vibe is going to turn into something scripted or salesy or whatever it is. Yeah. And so truthfully, even if there's a way to make that work within whatever profession you're doing, software sales, real estate sales, mortgages, to me, you lose the purpose and you yep. lose the drive because it's just not fun anymore. If, 
if there's a four-month stretch where the dollar return isn't there, you're going to lose interest because it's only serving one purpose, and that's to make you money. And the market sometimes dictates what's going to happen. So it's like, if I'm going to try and continue to do this job at a good level for a long time, I have to like it. And so if I'm being honest, my favorite part of the job is like networking with people. But like you said, the most exciting moments of that networking is when you actually are speaking to somebody and it's like this, it's like, it's really actually a natural connection. It's not just like a coffee for the sake of seeing if there's mutual business that we can profit each other. It's like, you know, not to keep referring to books over and over and over, but a good friend of mine referred a book to me called Go Giver a, a, a long time ago. Um, and I, it was, it's probably one of my top favorite books. And it's this whole book about if you, if you forget the mindset of being a go-getter and just decide to be a go-giver where your intent isn't to go and, you know, get things. Your intent is to go and give things to help. It's like, you know, just putting that kind of goodwill out there eventually gets the reciprocity back that you're, you were ultimately looking for as like a go-getter, quote unquote. And uh, honestly, it, it, it makes networking more enjoyable honestly like it even feels less slimy when you're asking people like to help because when you're a go when you conceptualize yourself as trying to get things your offer to help is like can you give me things like you know whereas when when you authentically conceptualize yourself as like providing a service and you just want to like show that you can help more than someone else can you know no one in particular just in general it doesn't feel as gross to be like, hey, listen, this is my workflow. Like, this is how, this is how the process would work with me. And you know, don't just trust me, but eventually, hopefully, you might get the chance to and I can show you. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like that networking stuff. It's it's fun when it's authentic. You know, it's not rigid. It's not boring. Oh, 100 percent, man. Like, I I totally agree with you. That that book is really good too. The Go Giver. Somebody yeah. gave that to me a while back, and um. It just like the principles in that book are, are absolutely crazy. And like, it's yes. nuts because it's literally like this big. Like, I don't even know. I know it's a small it is. <laughs> the, the person recommended it to me, like, it's a quick read, but I think you'll like it. We had a conversation about how, like, sometimes I feel like the job realtor lender, you know, so many different jobs. It's not, it doesn't feel like sales. It feels more like education. And like, if you do a good enough job educating people, trust you or they want to work with you. Cause they're like, I trust, like, I trust this person. They seem knowledgeable. They've taught me things. Um, and that's kind of where he was like, I, I feel like you might like this book and you gave it to me. And it was honestly, the, the, it was probably different than most every book I'd read beforehand because most of these books, whether it be like Never Split the Difference or How to Win Friends and Influence People, they're like a combination of a bunch of different stories into like a manual, mm-hmm. which I don't hate. I like that. I like it. But like that, another book called like Seven Levels of Communication, like the only two books I've really bumped into where it was almost a fictionalized story. Yep that like is certainly a culmination of someone's personal experiences, maybe even personal stories they've heard of multiple different people. And they just kind of put it into like one story about one person that's like not really real. I don't know if Seven Levels was that way. That might've actually, that could have been a true story. I don't know. But like they, in Go-Giver, they literally say like, this is like a fictionalized thing, <laughs> but it, it doesn't it doesn't read as something that's like, Fake. It's not like going and like watching like a movie and being like, that's like it's not like watching Remember the Titans and being like, oh, I want to go play football now. It, it still feels <laughs> like there's a lot of no no knocking Remember the Titans either. Like, great movie. <laughs> but like it feels like a book where like you can take like lessons and actual pieces from. It. And it is a businessy book. It is written by people who have business experience and and uh, you know it's all about like the value of kind of being a connector and just kind of looking for ways to help people, even if it's not pertaining to your job. There's ways that I can help people besides mortgages. 
and that might eventually lead to mortgage business, you know, yeah. but it can't be the intent. People vibe, but it's not authentic. You have to really just want to help, you know? Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's awesome, man. Another one of those books is um, the richest man in Babylon. I've heard that's, of it. I haven't read it. Yeah. That's another one. That's like that. I, I really like that too. Cause um, those, those two books, the go giver and um, the richest man in Babylon are the only ones that I've read that have had that like story like just more of like a story kind of vibe than like a, you know, like just like a traditional, right. like self-help, like business book kind of thing. Right. And right. Right. Like the vibe there is, is awesome. Cause like, it's just so different. Like it's, it's like entertaining as well as yeah. like, Hey, by the way, there are like 10 lessons in here that are cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like no, that totally. a lot. And, and it's not even a knock at the manual type books. Like I don't mind a lot of those books. Some of them, I don't like the two manuscript like some of them are like manuscript, like, but with personal stories involved, like one everyone's heard of, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Um, it does make me a little uncomfortable because I don't like, you know, it's kind of bashing Poor Dad a lot, which is, you know, it's a little, <laughs> yeah. mean, but, but like, uh, you know, it's like, there's, there's the happy medium and then there's like the purely kind of like, well, this is just storytelling, but I don't, I don't mind that because I feel like, you know, people like different things and maybe at the different stages of your career, you value one thing more than the other, but I like a lot of mindset type books where it's more about like, you know, you get to a certain point in your career or your hobbies or whatever goals you have where you know what you have to do. It's more about being in the mindset to do it the right way and stay committed to it. And so, you know, sometimes the books about what you need to do to be successful, like, well, no, I know that. Like, how can I keep in the mindset to do it? Like, what, what are the tricks? Like, like the, like the, the slight edge, you know, it's, it's a book basically about the idea. Uh, have you read The Compound Effect? Have you heard of that book at all? heard of it i've never read it though no so it's, it's very it's honestly they're so similar that like you probably could read one and forget about the other because it's just like they're <laughs> so similar but um the slight edge the whole idea of the slight edge is the idea that you're never plateauing you're never even you're either you're either doing things every day that are going to eventually lead to growth or kind of regression but there are such small things that you're not going to notice until it's in full effect and basically it's about the compound effect of things so you know, if, if your job, if part of that would be making three phone calls to see if you could get one more lunch next week and you push it off every day, those are the small decisions. It's only three phone calls. Pushing off one day is not the biggest deal in the world. But if you do it too much, the slight edge works against you. Yeah. And then if you if you do make those right small decisions, it works for you. But the thing is, it's always working. Like you're not ever staying even. It's 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 like it's always a thing. So that book. It was, it was kind of funny because it could be like a horribly scary concept where like, oh man, if I don't do something every day, I'm going to fail. It's like, well, no, not really. Hey guys, what's going on? So uh, this is a, a little bit of a cut video because my laptop decided to, to die on me in the middle of um, Todd and I's wonderful interview that we had. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's been a little bit interesting. So this one's a little bit later. Todd has a nice haircut, looking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Nice and fresh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so this is kind of like the part two, like in one part, like jumping back into things. So yeah, I, I was talking to Todd right before we got on and, and where we kind of left off, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, like the go-giver and having that, that mindset of basically just, you know, going out into the marketplace and like whoever you're networking with and pretty much like just having that, men that mentality of like just wanting to help them out and like, you know, see what, see what you can do for them, you know, and instead of like, you know, more of like a transactional, like, Oh, like, you know, let's see what like this guy can do like transactionally for me. And, you know, like that kind of thing. 
Um, and then mm. also, um, Todd was mentioning the book, The Compound Effect, which does sound fantastic, and I'll, I'll definitely have to read it. Um, yeah, yeah, and, so it's uh, a good one. It's a good one for sure, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is even surmising what I was saying beforehand, because the truth <laughs> is you kind of get it's fuzzy okay. on what you didn't, didn't say. Let's be serious. But yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I just like kind of, it's easier in my mind to conceptualize going out and being a business person or, or conceptualize networking if it's not in the, for me, if it's not in like the mindset of like, I'm going out to get things done, to be a go-getter, to go, to go attain things or achieve it. When, when it comes to the spot, a spot of like, what can I go and give or help people do? Um, and not even from just a standpoint of your own specific services, like, you know, I do mortgages, but if it's not, you know, I, I want to go and help as many people as I can to buy homes. Like I do, and I'm more than willing to do so. I'd love <laughs> to do so. But even if it's like, you know, you, you find out about a friend who's having a fundraiser to support a specific cause and you know somebody who also supports that cause. So connecting two people up who might have a mutual interest and can help each other out, brainstorm or whatever, even making connection for somebody can be a way to kind of give something or kind of stay in that person's mind as someone who did something for me. So I just find it to be an easier approach to go about networking when you're kind of, you know, you don't feel slimy doing it that way, you know? Yeah. No, I, I totally yeah. agree with you, Todd. Like, just like the more authentic it is. And like, like for me, like, it's just fun. You know what I mean? Like reaching out right. to people and stuff like that, going for coffee, like, oh, like, tell me all about what you do. Like, you know, like, it's almost, it's almost like, like, I don't even know if this is going to make sense. It probably won't. But <laughs> like the way I, the way I kind of look at it is like, it's almost like business is off the table. And like, you know, you're just like making like focusing more on like, you know like what this person's into and what they're doing and like you know if there's a way that you right. can help them out and like it's more of like a a relationship than like than a business thing but like you're yeah. there like, no yeah, i like mean it makes context <laughs> no 100 it, it makes complete sense i mean at the end of the day i think like it's super hard to sell people yeah when it's just a kind of material business relationship no one wants to feel sold or convinced or persuaded that like this is the right decision for you because i gave you all the selling points it can work you can do that i don't feel like it's necessarily the way to form a long-lasting business relationship like you might get a transaction out of it you might gain someone's trust for a little while but you're gonna have to do a lot to keep it Whereas if you kind of throw, I feel like if you front load that trust factor into, like you said, taking business a little bit off the table, I might go to the coffee the first time I meet somebody and talk all about business. I don't know. It just kind of depends on where the conversation goes. Cause sometimes you go and you don't even really talk anything about business. You just get to know each other more. And at the end of the day, I think the people we do most business with is the ones we know, like, and trust, but that comes with a lot of relationship building. So, I mean, whether that's speaking to your specific like profession like business what you do or if it's like your kind of hobby if you consider something like real estate investing a hobby like maybe that's what you do on the side quote unquote or what you'd like to be the focus over time but isn't your profession per se like whatever whatever area it's in it's like sometimes uh, I feel like you know just making those personal connections you get more out of it that person's more willing to share their perceptions and their experiences with you once you've gotten to trust them as opposed to somebody who just came in asking for things or pitching things from day one. Um, yeah. So it's, I think it's just a more enjoyable and really a, a maybe slower, but more productive way to network with people. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It's it's really yeah. interesting, like kind of the like the science or like the theory behind it too of like you know you would think that well i mean i would say you know like some people might think that oh you know like you're meeting all these people like you have to be super transactional like you're trying to get paid and like having that mentality might actually shoot you in the foot more than it could help you i mean depending on you know like the situation and everything but like if you go into it sorry (laughs) no 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 i I was just agreeing with you honestly it's like it maybe (laughs) It might shoot yourself in the foot, really. If if you're just worried about the short term, gotta close it now, gotta get it now. And it's like, maybe it won't come now. <laughs> and maybe that's okay. Maybe you just need to do it over time, you know? And that's again going back to the compound effect idea. It's like if you're looking for instant gratification, you might burn out and quit really early because you're doing all these things and not seeing the results. Where whether you're doing all of the things or just a couple things a day that you know the right thing to do, you do it over time and for long enough and it will pay off. You have to have a little bit of faith at first because you might not see the results, but you know, it, it, it takes time, whether it's just making the phone calls or, you know, continuing to look at the properties and trust that something's going to come on the market or, you know, whatever it might be, even if it's just following someone's lead, you have a mentor and you feel like you're not growing underneath them, but you're still going out every day, talking to them, working with them. You know, it's just doing those consistent things that I think, you know, on the inside, you know, should be working and will work. You, you do have faith it's the right stuff to do. You just don't see the results day in, day out. It's over time, um, which can be stressful. But I mean, it's funny because it's such a kind of broad, I don't even know what this conversation is pertaining to specifically. Like, it's not about like work. It's not about this, that, the other. It's just like kind of stuff and just, I guess, networking in general and whatever you're trying to grow in personal, professional, it's like. I feel like it applies to it all to some degree, you know? Exactly. No, I, I totally yeah. agree. And there was uh, something you said a minute ago that that I really like, and I, I want to kind of talk about a little bit um, because I, I've started to kind of see it actually like, like super recently. Um, and that's burnout. So basically, um, that I've been kind of seeing it like a little bit within myself recently and like, it's it's taken like a, a little bit of self-awareness to kind of figure out and yeah. basically like kind of what was happening was like I would you know wake up and like answer emails and like you know do all this kind of real estate stuff and then you know like during the the day and everything and then like you know later on sending emails and Instagram and, and the podcast and this that the other and then up until literally like you know right before going to bed and then repeating that over and over and over again. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I mean, like my goals and stuff like that are, are absolutely huge. I'm like, I have to be doing this. I'm like, if anything, I have to double down. But I realized recently that I was definitely a little bit wrong in there because mm-hmm. I was start, it was starting to kind of take the fun out of like real estate and like kind of shoot yeah. towards those goals and stuff. And what right. I realized was like, I needed at least a little bit of time, you know, every once in a while to, to disconnect and it was yeah. something that was kind of an eye opener to me. So I've never yeah. really talked about like anything like this on the podcast before. So I'm kind of yeah. curious to hear, you know, kind of what like your thoughts and stuff are. Yeah. Well, I feel super special now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, um, I mean, that's, I think that's completely like, I think everyone experiences that sometimes, you know what I mean? And it's not to say your, your experience isn't like counts. Everyone feels it. It's just like, I don't think people talk about it. Like whether it's within your profession to your personal life, your relationships, whatever it is you do get tired and bored and in a routine sometimes. And like you said, it can be so hard to become self-aware that you feel that way. Cause it's like on the day by day, you slip, you slip into it over time. And like, 
maybe yesterday, today to tomorrow, you don't feel that much different. But then you look back to a month ago and it's like, yeah, what did happen? I was so gung ho about this. Now I feel less gung ho about it. And like, you know, maybe sometimes a compound effect type idea, maybe it can be a double-edged sword too, where it's like, you know, you have to do these things on the daily and you make the right decisions every day. But then also sometimes you get those blinders on, you get that tunnel vision of like, it just becomes maybe too much of a routine. And like, you're doing it to the point where it gets monotonous maybe. And then you need, it's like that. So I think that it's an important perspective to have too, probably is that like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this as like a teacher, it's just kind of like talking out loud with you. It's like, it's true. If you get, if you get too into that routine, I'm sure it's going to, that'll also lead to that burn where like maybe having that self-awareness to be able to step back and be like, Hey, let's relook at how I do this stuff as a whole. Like, what can I do to change it up? I mean, to your, okay. So this is kind of a way to relate to you. It's like, part of what I do for my kind of social media marketing is generally these little one minute clips that I'll post on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook where there's just little tidbits about mortgage lending that I kind of pop into my mind throughout the week, either when I'm talking to a client or just thinking about things overall or whatever it might be. And I've been doing them for a while now. I just kind of got into this, this funk at one point where I was like, this is feeling like old. Like it's feeling like I'm doing the same thing every week. And I don't know if people still find value or don't, but I'm starting to enjoy it less. And I feel like I have to kind of shake up the format. Um, and I've put some thought into that. And truthfully, um, I'm still doing the same old format and kind of been a, a little reinvigorated, but almost because I have started to have ideas on ways to change it up going forward. And it's nothing I've implemented yet, but even just taking a step back and looking at it from like a broader scope and being like, how can I change things? How can I keep it fresh? How can I, make my social media at least feel fresh. Even if it's not changing those videos, just deciding how to switch up how I do go about the process. Um, you know, it's like, I, I know I need to be doing it consistently, but then you fall into too much of a routine with it and it's too monotonous. Like, how do I shake it up and keep my interest? Because I think that's another important thing about whatever our routines or passions are is that you have to remain passionate about them. You can't make a, a good, uh, you know, you can't make your side hustle become your main hustle if you don't like the side hustle. So like at some point in time, you have to, you know, make sure you reassess and keep it kind of fresh and interesting to yourself, I think, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. just, I think it's pretty interesting too, because um, like you were mentioning, like with the compound effect, like, you know, like big changes and success and stuff is built through, you know, like little things like every day. But like yeah. what I was realizing about myself is like, I was taking like way too many of those little things and like trying to get them all done. And then when like, you know, only a couple of them would get done. Cause I'd be, you know, pretty like unmotivated and stuff by it. Like I'd be crushed. Cause I'm like, Oh, like, you know, why am I not finishing all this stuff? And then it, yeah. it kind of made me step back and realize I was like, wow, like I'm literally taking, just taking on way too much stuff. And like, since I've realized that, like I've, I've toned it down a little bit. Um, yeah. And I've been literally banging out like those couple of things every single day, you know, it just, yeah. I, it's just like pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's just like a real thing. And, you know, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I feel you, man. I mean, it's like, I, I think we, I think we talked about this one beforehand too, but it's almost like, you know, you have your plan on the day, on the week, whatever it is. And like the plan's just what gets you started. It's going to change over time. You know, no one's, I feel like the, the, no one's initial plan has got them to the finish line in most circumstances. It just kind of what got them the confidence <laughs> and the faith to start up. And then you just kind of keep on going until you get there and you correct things along the way. And, that's fine whatever path you take you take it you know there's no time to really regret the path that got you where you are if you're happy enough with where you are so um you, know, you just do it so yeah 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Todd, I, I like to ask at least this one question to uh, to everybody because the uh, the answers are usually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So what? How do you define wealth? Yeah, I mean that's that's actually a super that's a super interesting question. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, like I feel like wealth means something different to everybody, which I guess is like exactly your point of this question. You know, I almost feel like wealth being like security and comfort. You know like whatever that means to whoever really like to me if i thought like of myself as being wealthy at some point in my life it would be that like if i'm being frank like money's not an issue and you have the comfort to kind of do what you please without having to worry about that financial like the worry aspect of it yeah which is not an eloquent way of putting it but that's how i kind of feel about it you know um i think i've always felt that way about it but one, because we talk so much about books, one book that kind of put it in a way that it's not exactly how they put it in the book, but it, it kind of makes sense to me was on Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I mean, everyone's heard of that book for the most part, but I believe his definition of wealth was along the lines of like, where you don't have to work in order for your life to pay for itself, like your assets, the asset portion of your balance sheet will pay for your lifestyle, which I do think in this day and age is, is potentially a lofty goal right like it might be hard to imagine that you have a business or real estate investment that is legit so money producing without your hand on it at all you know i mean that could be a lofty goal but to that that idea that you have something set up where you don't have to be grinding all the time you know where you can take a vacation or you can retire and not have to have your full hand on something um, to live the life you want to live. To me, that's kind of wealth. And I, I hope it doesn't come off as materialistic because it's really supposed to come off no. as like, <laughs> Don't worry. the ability to like, like to enjoy the people and the places you've always wanted to be to with the people, again, with the people you want to be with at the point where like, yeah, you've put in your work. You want to just be able to kind of ride off into the sunset. Um, so, I mean, to me, that's kind of what it would mean. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's a million other ways to look at it but yeah that's kind of how i would think of it you know no i I love it yeah you're you're definitely right you know to basically you know just kind of like be able to do the things that you choose to do rather than you know some of the things that you're obligated to do you know and in some ways i I don't want to like be like 70 thinking i need to work so we can make sure we pay this bill that bill or have groceries (laughs) yeah i do mortgages as long as i have a computer i can continue to work so truthfully, I'd love to be 75 and still do two mortgages a year just for the hell of it. Who knows? You know what yeah. I mean? But like, I don't want to have to rely on, you know, and that's, and that's like, like, to me, that's what like wealth, that's, that's what that is. I mean, in another way, I suppose you could, maybe I should care more about this too, but it's almost like, you know, wealth could be like a legacy thing too, where it's like, I want to have enough wealth. I want to have like wealth to the point where like, you know, when you, when you, pass on when you die like you maybe you have a legacy to pass on to somebody um but you know i I think when you my gut reaction you tell that to me is basically just to be able to to be comfortable for like me and the people in my circle the ones that you know i care most about like to be able to just have the means to enjoy life as it goes on without worrying about money yeah i love that so much man it's it's so true just having that that freedom yeah yeah have you gotten any wild answers on that one? Maybe, maybe um, it's hard for you to say because I feel like if you have, <laughs> I don't want to call out anybody who said 
No, I'd don't say... have to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I'd say you're um most of them were were pretty much to your point. You know, just having like yeah. that that abundance and and having like the like the life balance. You know, of being able to kind of enjoy yourself in in different areas of your life and stuff. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty much all like centered around like the same idea most of the right. time. Like, and, yeah, I don't think people are being gluttonous when they say that. I don't think they're saying they want to ride with <laughs> Jeff Bezos. I think they're just saying like, <laughs> no, I just wanna, I just wanna like be able to exist and not like have to, you know clock in and out till i'm 80 years old <laughs> you can clock in for 40 hours a week when you're 80 anyway but you know <laughs> exactly yeah. and then you can ride into the sunset <laughs> yeah exactly yeah whatever whatever it works for you yeah it's the dream <laughs> honestly so what is something that that you kind of thought about like business networking or like wealth creation that changed as you went along or like as you kind of got deeper into yeah real estate and business and I almost feel like we we touched on this several times to some degree already but it really because it wasn't like a, a the thought changed it's just like it felt different as you yeah. experienced it. It, it it's more it was more about like how like you know you can make friends with people but that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to start being their trusted resource for the profession you do. Like there was a long time in the mortgage world before I was with my current company where I'd go to networking events and I, but I wasn't as dependent on, on, you know, I just talk about being a go-giver and here we're going to talk about getting business. I wasn't as dependent on being able to get my own business. And I think that I was, you know, I was well aware that getting to be someone's trusted, you know, service provider for what you do takes getting those people to know you to like you to trust you i just think i actually underestimated what it really does take to build to build that relationship to the point where like you really are the trusted person like you are the go-to um so so i suppose like what was different about business and, and this that the others how little suit and tie it is and how much just personality it is like you know, there was a point in time where it's like, oh, I need to show up in like a suit and a tie and, and these shiny shoes and have the fresh haircut and all that <laughs> stuff to be able to, to, to attract business. And like, if that's what gives you the confidence to go and do it, absolutely do it. But it was more so just be being comfortable with yourself enough to know that your authentic self will actually be able to connect with people in a way where they'll, you know, they'll sense your confidence and your ability and they'll give you that, they'll give you that world. They'll give you that try. Um, and then it's, and then what it's about is just doing right by it. You know, if people are going to trust you with their business or their client's business, whatever it might be, I mean, you do have to provide a value add. You do have to show that you can get the job done. You can't just take it and then take it for granted. So, um, yeah, I think it was just legit. Like it wasn't like it changed my mind. I didn't, I didn't have a changed perspective on the idea that it's relationship based. I just think like actually experiencing it, um, was different than I thought it would be, you know? Yeah. you can fully expect something to be hard or, or, or be a certain way and then in, like when you actually go and experience it be like oh it was harder than I thought or different than I even thought you know yeah no I, yeah. I love that so much too to your point like even on like social media and stuff nowadays you know like you know people like maybe outside of our industries you know might see like um you know like loan officers and agents and like attorneys and and everything as like you said you know maybe just like a suit and tie like you know really official like professional like as as anything 
um, you know, type of type of individual, like, you know, for business and stuff. And then mm. I just, I think it's cool, man, especially with like, you know, how apparent like social media and stuff is. And like, like now it just, it blows my mind. Cause like, there'll be like attorneys and stuff on TikTok, like doing dances and stuff. And then like they're yeah. crushing the business, you know, like it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's not, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, and I think that's kind of a little bit, I mean, there's plenty of problems with social media. Don't get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I think one of the nice things about social media is without directly interacting with people a ton up front, you can people can get a sense of like who you are if yeah. you do it your social media in a certain way and while my social media tends to be a little drier I and mean, dancing on tiktok i'll tell you that much you know <laughs> not because i don't think it's a good idea just because i can't dance so i'm not gonna try um but like you know like if you go again if you go and you look at my instagram you know reels or videos my facebook posts they're mostly me sitting in front of a camera just kind of telling a tidbit and and that's truthfully because like that's kind of like what I like to do is just educate a little bit on what I know and what other people might find valuable. Um, and I do it and literally most of my videos will be in this exact same thing because I just wear this pullover all the time as well as others. <laughs> um, but also it's like, I, the way I talk, is just how I talk. Like it's all conversational. It's how I talk. It's how I dress. Um, and I think people can vibe when you're being authentic, authentic. And I think that's what actually gains trust with people where like there's, you know, there's people who I either haven't spoken to before who reach out to me for mortgage stuff or people I haven't spoken to in 10 years, but you can kind of pick up a conversation uh, quicker with more comfort. I feel like when someone feels like they've seen you and heard you and gotten to know you like even a little bit or like stayed in touch a little bit because they've seen your videos, even though you haven't talked for 10 years. So it's like, it is a way to kind of, I think, keep people like cognizant of you and, and how you are and how you talk and keep you familiar, uh, for lack of a better way to put it. So I do like that about social media. You know, kind of, you don't have to show up in a suit and a tie to gain people's credibility anymore necessarily. You know? No, I, I love that, Todd, and yeah. I love your social media as well. I, I love the videos and stuff, man. They're awesome. Yeah. They're no, I super, super it. helpful. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy, man. You know, and. <clears throat> um yeah like it's uh yeah. just lost I mean, my train thought but yeah <laughs> no, no it's all good i mean like yeah there's there's a there's a, there's a lot of content <laughs> there's a lot yeah, of content out there yeah, you know that's what and, it was. and i just feel i feel like you know i mean not not to go down a rabbit hole myself with my own train of thought too it's just just you know it's there's, there's too much out there even sometimes like you can get lost in it and stuff so i try and limit my really my like intake of it and, and yeah. to some degree my participation of it uh, in it i should say um but like with anything else there's its purpose there's its use there's the good stuff about it and then you know if you just sat on facebook and scrolled through your newsfeed all day you could lose way too much time and leave way angrier than you need to be so you know everything in moderation i think is definitely good yeah totally you know i think it's interesting like you know kind of like which side of the coin like each person is on in terms of like consumption versus like creating and like you said like yeah. if you're like sitting on facebook watching like you know kitchen hacks or something like that yeah, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. nine hours a day you know like great but you know at the same time like you know if you're trying to you know like become more like well known in the community or like you know you want to work on like your own business or whatever like you could be doing you know things like what you're doing and like you know, putting videos and like pictures and stuff out there and like, you know, showing off, well, like showing like who you are as an individual yeah, and like right. giving value. And then, 
it's it's interesting kind of like the paradigm between like consuming and creating you know because like if you're more i don't know like if you're more on the consuming side then you know like you might not be able to to benefit as much but if you're on the creating side too much like maybe you won't really see what's kind of going on in in yeah space no 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 100 i mean i i think if you're trying it's like part of it's honestly like you kind of have to consume a little bit to know what you want to create too i mean like before i gained any confidence at all to make videos on instagram because i'm not like i don't part of the reason i don't really listen to my videos before i post them anymore is because it's way too easy to pick them apart and i'm just like no one cares todd just post it like literally no one cares um but like part of what actually kind of got me to the point where i was comfortable doing it was just watching other you know lenders or realtors and their videos and it's like what looks so you look at someone you're like kind of like i don't want to say you cringe but if you imagine yourself doing it you cringe and then like other ones you look at it and you're like i like that i could actually see myself doing that yeah. and if you don't consume to some degree like how do you know like what your baseline is or like how you would like to do that you know um and then at the same time, if you, like you said, if you just consume too much, you can just get lost watching, you know, <laughs> yeah. or like whether it's kitchen hacks or, or you know, whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, those ones are pretty, at this point, if I do get that, yeah, sometimes I don't even kitchen hacks, is it? It's just like legit, like food porn. And I'm just like, yeah. that looks really good. It just, I know, it, I get- that food looks really good, but I just don't know if I need to be scrolling like 10 more <laughs> of these before I finish up my day. So. Yeah, I, I get stuck sometimes on there. I, I actually just deleted TikTok because I was uh I was getting stuck oh, yeah. on it. Like they That's, really hooked honestly, it's the, it's, it it's, the, it's, it's the ultimate one. It's the it's it's the ultimate. I hate to use the term time waster because it's so negative, <laughs> but like you can spend a lot of time on TikTok. Definitely, you can definitely spend a lot of time on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, like just the amount of power that we have on social media, and like I, I wish I could have kind of saw you know, like everything, like before the internet and stuff like that, like maybe like, yeah, like 10 or 20 years before that. And yeah, kind of, uh, yeah. you know, how things have like well, drastically is, changed. I know. Well, and it's kind of, it is curious because like, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I do remember like AOL dial up modem internet. <laughs> like I have that. So like I have a little bit of a before after, you know, and you might have the same experience. We remember maybe modems and stuff like that like there was like the old internet and the new internet which is definitely vastly different but i don't remember no internet you know like <laughs> that's i don't remember no internet at all i think my, my biggest like okay like old versus new and i think a lot of millennials have this experience is like cell phones like i didn't have a cell phone until i was in the eighth grade and i was probably like three grades behind a lot of kids i grew up with and that that initial cell phone like the nokia box where like it was so cool you had snake you know so like that was my first, like, I have the pre-cell phone thing where like, okay, you used pay phones. You had to rely on like, who's picking you up where and where do you meet? And so, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think like, you know, this age group, millennials and kind of maybe even a little bit above and below do have a, a little bit of a unique perspective of like kind of being before and after a major like technology, similar to somebody who might've been pre and post like internet, you know what I mean? Um, which is a pretty cool perspective. Um, I mean, I, I think I had something I was going to go into and I totally just like lost it too, but I'm sure it'll probably come back at some point where it's really inconveniently times and hopefully I won't interrupt you, but like, yeah, it's curious, it's curious to kind of see those like kind of, oh yeah, no, I'm what I was going to say. It's like, um, 
it's so funny because now I feel like if you don't have a smartphone, it's like, how do you exist? Whereas I remember my sophomore year in college, I had a, I don't even remember what phone it was, but it was one of the slide phones and mm-hmm. it connect to the internet. And I thought that made it a smartphone. So I would say I had a smartphone, but it, <laughs> it definitely wasn't. And it's just like funny thing back to you now. Cause I'm just like, I forgot there was a point in time where you might have a smartphone and you might not like people all didn't have iPhones. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so it's just kind of, it is funny to think how like crazily fast technology and like social media has just taken over and kind of tying it back to business to some degree. It's really changed like everything, like just the way you even search for your services, you know, and, uh, unfortunately the way you gather your news because it's so quick now and it's always in your pocket and like that can it can be a good thing or a bad thing like again for business and growing your business it's a whole new avenue to do that but at the same time it's like again the amount of consumption you can do is just like kind of absurd almost totally. necessarily you know, bring it back to the yellow pages <laughs> like you know it's it's uh it's 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 pretty wild world out there i feel like <laughs> yeah you know, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, yeah, it's nuts. And like, even like, yeah. like you said, like there's so much and it's like, you know, right there all the time that I feel like it's easy to kind of get like overwhelmed with like everything yeah. that you have access to. Cause like, like you can't even like comprehend like how much information we have, you know, like, yeah. like in total, like it, it like doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's like, I feel like we've gotten very good at just like reading a headline really quick and mm-hmm. either deciding if it's true or false in a headline <laughs> yeah. or just completely blurring it out and moving on with your day. Like you're, you're probably good at one or the other, maybe a little bit of both. Like <laughs> I, I've, I've started to pride myself on being able to just scroll by and not even pay attention. So I'm just like, I don't even recognize these news outlets anymore. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. like I'm not going to concern myself with it. I'm just going to keep on scrolling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it can, it can just take, I mean, I, I used to watch news in the morning, like pretty consistently. And what I realized was, and you know, you have your, you have your outlets that you like to go to. And, and then I kind of realized it was only because I tended to agree with that outlet. And furthermore, even though I agree with them, I still kind of like after that half hour of TV, I still kind of was just like, like, this isn't a pleasant start to the day. It's like every, everything's just trying to get you kind of riled bad. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to like drink a cup of coffee and either answer some emails or, I mean, heck, if you want to play Wordle, you go, you go ahead and play Wordle, like do your morning thing and then just start your day. Like just skip it, skip the news. doesn't even help you anymore sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. No, definitely, man. You know, and like, like if, if it's like super important, like whatever it is, like you'll hear about it eventually, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's not yeah. exact. Well, and it's not to say that like, you know, exactly. Yeah. You're not going to avoid it all of everything that's happening in the world in fact it's probably a bad idea you have to keep up with certain stuff and 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 believe me like you i think you're always tuned in to the news that is like specifically relevant to you and what you do like i you know i have my daily mortgage like newsletter like an industry newsletter that comes out and like you bet i'm kind of paying attention to that stuff like that's relevant and it's unbiased like it's just <laughs> it's info yeah. you kind of need you know it's kind of like the talking head stuff that you tend to start wanting to avoid after a while because you're just like man like i just you know they're so good at like kind of speaking to you in a way that just like it sticks in your brain and then it gets you angry at people who didn't do anything yet it's like (laughs) you're like ready to be angry at somebody who disagrees with you before they've actually disagreed with you or taken a stance on something 
and you're like, wait a second, but I've known you for a long time. And I like you. So I'm not like, why am I getting ready to get in a fight with you? This doesn't make sense right now. You know, it's like, yeah. just like, you just, you know, just let it go a little bit, you know? Yeah. We're in, we're at a very interesting point in, uh, in society at the moment. Yes. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So Todd, I got one more question for you, my man. And we yeah, answered so, it a bunch already, but I'm going to ask anyway. The question was, do you read? But what is your favorite business, investing, or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? If you had to pick one. Or yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> or more. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you two, but I'll try and do it in like a number one and number two. Sure. Because you say it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone, like business, not business, just everyone I think could benefit from it. I actually, one that we haven't even talked about, probably how to win friends and influence people yeah. um, with Dale Carnegie, just because like that really is every, every, it applies to everybody, you know? And that's not even, I mean, it's, it's cool because it's an old book, but like, it's a book about people, not about like technology. So like, you know, technology changes, but people don't. So yeah. that it still applies, you know? Um, and I don't think you need to be a business person or a stay-at-home mom or dad or anything for it to be less or more relevant. It's literally just like how to be friends with people. And I think like generally speaking, whether it's for your personal enjoyment of life or for business, that's probably a good kind of social skill to have. Um, so as far as something applies to anybody, I'd say that. Uh, and I say it also specifically because my favorite business type book, you know, I tend to feel like people fall into categories, those who like the manuscripts, you know, you're maybe kind of like, uh, never split the difference or like 10 X, um, by like grant, I can never remember if it's Tardone right, or Nardone, but mm-hmm. hopefully no one yells at me for that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people who love him. So, <laughs> um, so like, you know, you have your manuscript type books, manuscript type books, and then you have your kind of like philosophical or mindset types of books, like Slight Edge, Compound Effect, and uh, Go-Giver. Um, and truth, I'd probably say Go-Giver if we're going to like the businessy type books where it's either manuscript or, or kind of mindset. Yeah. Just because Go-Giver to me, it's like, you know, you know, you work, if you work in a business that is kind of up and down, like real estate or mortgages or the finance industry or whatever it might be, I feel like you always hit those ruts where you kind of feel like you're mentally struggling a little bit and you know what you need to do. Like you kind of have all the prior knowledge of the actions that yield results. You just get in that mindset funk. And sometimes I just feel like Go Give is a great book for like when you're feeling like the payoff isn't there it's a good book to remind you that it's not always about the payoff. It's really just about you doing the right thing. And so it can kind of, it's a good book to just kind of like center yourself. I feel like, um, so that's my personal favorite book that, you know, for just recommending to anybody, I'd say is that if you did want it. So now this is book number three, if you do want to go the manuscript way, it's definitely never split the difference. That's definitely my favorite as far as like a more like, you know, how to tackle a specific thing. Cause, cause it never split the difference. You just so much, it's it's supposed to be about negotiation but it's really just about conversation because yeah. i mean the way chris voss kind of puts it a little bit is like every conversation is kind of a negotiation right or at least a lot of them like there's a certain end to that conversation you're hoping to get maybe um and there's just a lot of really interesting tidbits there just about like you know it's uh 
to try and summarize it really quickly, I suppose he was like an FBI negotiator who like revamped how to do hostage negotiations in the eighties. And like, he took it from like an aspect of like set a deadline, like, you know, come out with your hands up type stuff to like, you know, these people kind of like got the idea that these people are like, we don't know anything about them. We don't know why they're doing this. They're definitely going to be high anxiety in these scenarios. Why don't we try and like speak to them? Like they're like people and understand like, why they're doing all this. And maybe if you can gain their trust or understanding a little bit, you can coax them out. Um, and like it started working. And so now he just kind of applies it to, you know, anything you do, whether it's like negotiating for a new job or pay scale, um, you know, uh, talking to a client you're hoping to work with, a colleague, you know, maybe you have a potential team member you're hoping to recruit, like whatever it is, it's just like, it's just a book about conversation. So. You asked me for one, maybe two. I guess I gave you three, but those <laughs> we'll those are a good three. <laughs> yeah. No, those those ones are phenomenal. <laughs> Honestly, I'll have to. Um, I have read all three of those ones. Um, and yeah, they're, they're super yeah. super good. I I haven't read them in a while though. I'm definitely yeah, want to go yeah. back and read. Um, never split the difference again. It's been a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, that I like that one. Thank with never split the difference too. They actually so they the first time I read it actually being frank, there was a, a realtor who had recommended it to me, and I was like, this book seems kind of long. I'm gonna buy the Cliff Notes so I can talk to him about it afterwards. <laughs> and so I bought the Cliff Notes and read the Cliff Notes. I was like, that was really good. I want to read the full book, and that's how I read the full book. Um, <laughs> but that being said, it, you know, I can vouch for the Cliff Notes if you're just trying to like breeze through it again real quick. It's like they actually have some pretty like short form versions of it summaries that i feel like that even that itself is like oh yeah i remember all this stuff you know it's um, interesting i honestly yeah. didn't know that to be honest with you i thought like because like some books man like like i'll be interested for a while and then it starts to get really dry and i'm just trying to like you know make it through it right i didn't know that right. there was like literally like shorter like versions of it yeah stuff. yeah no i've i've had that experience before we can i can i ask myself a question is that, right. is that allowed <laughs> yeah go for it so um what is it um oh come on i have it literally right next to me there we go napoleon hill um thinking grow rich yeah yeah yeah. yep i didn't love it i i didn't love it that was that was a book like if you asked me like a book i wouldn't recommend to people and this is <laughs> a lot of people love that book so like honestly like if it's a book you want to read don't take my word for it i just honestly i started reading it and i was like i can't finish it i don't i don't love this book you know um I don't really know like at this point what it was. It's just like the, maybe it was the way it was written or some of the stuff. It just, it just didn't take, you know what I mean? So yeah. That's one what I was book that them. I wouldn't necessarily recommend thinking grow rich. I guess I guess <laughs> I could throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel you, man. It was um I don't know if you've read uh, the millionaire next door at all. I've heard of it. I've heard um, of it. That's how I kind of was with that one, man. Like like the yeah. principal spoiler i guess <laughs> but literally yeah. like a, a one sentence spoiler for the entire book in my opinion it might get ripped apart for it but whatever is literally like you know you never know you know like your neighbors could be like millionaires like you know being right, so humble right. and everything and like not every millionaire and billionaire is like you know all the stereotypical you know like the right. cars and the girls and the mansions and pretty much like right. that was it but like like yeah. the entire book, man, there's like graphs and data and like, it's like a textbook and I just, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's honestly, that's the type of book that I have trouble getting through too, to be frank. It's like, I I'm better with books that speak to ideas and kind of like methods more mm -hmm. than like workflows or yeah 
if I, if I kind of flip through the pages of a book that someone suggested or I'm into, or I want to be into, and I see like an overabundance of like numbers and or formulas, <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm starting oh to get skeptical of this one real quick. <laughs> like this one's real. I'm not sure how much patience I'm going to have to see if this one picks up on me. So um, no, I feel you on that. Honestly, sometimes just kind of like, I get a vibe about certain books. This is going to be a manual, isn't it? Uh, I mean, another one that like, um, that I didn't love was uh, high performance habits. I haven't um, read that one. Not to be not to be crapping all over authors. <laughs> not, not that they care what I say either. I'm it's not, okay. <laughs> they, they're not going to be offended. I almost guarantee you that. Um, but uh, yeah, high performance habits. Someone recommended it to me, and I got, I read it. I read the whole thing. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but it was one of those ones where it's like, I feel like the beginning of it's kind of preaching like, no matter what business you're in, if you follow these ten steps, you will have success. And I'm like. Not sure if you can blanket statement that over every business that anyone's ever run. I feel like you're trying to make your book a little more important than it actually is. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, again, for some people, it might be like the perfect thing they're looking for. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's all. I guess it's all about what you what you like. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting too. Like, pretty much like what resonates with certain people in certain books, and like even like like some people on the podcast have said like it very it. Uh, like their favorite book has like varied based on like what time of their life that they're in. Yeah. So like yeah. reading like, you know, rich dad, poor dad at like the very, very beginning of somebody's journey versus reading it like 30 years into financial freedom. Like it might not like hit the same way. And right. You know, right. it's, it's kind of one of those things that like, no, I've picked I, up, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's probably a hundred percent correct. Cause I, you know, sometimes I'm like, talk, I'll be having like a conversation with somebody in a chat and then like maybe like a new realtor, um, and like you're just chatting about books and they're like books and you're trying to think about book to recommend and like someone pops to mind but you're like you know i'm not sure if that's going to be that applicable right now you know what i mean like it might not be the best time for that book it's almost like at a point in your development you can appreciate certain things more or less you know yeah like one of the books i liked a lot was called seven levels of communication um and it's a book just largely about how you do your 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 kind of advertising and relationship building and it's like it's pretty high on like you know the very the lowest form like not to say the worst but the least important form of your advertising is paper whether it be postcards newspapers billboards it's like it's like the most important stuff is the belly-to-belly -belly stuff like your your one-to-ones your your lunch and learns your you know i mean in that book they kind of almost even like are the recommendations like hey like get your home base if you do like appointment after appointment coffee after coffee get the place you go to every time and get to know the waiter there and the, uh, the staff and, and, the, ah, and the regulars and all the stuff and like kind of like create just just create relationships you know um and in that was a book where pretty early in my in the kind of career it was like um i was in a little bit of rut and i couldn't think of things to do and that book was a little more towards like, here are things you can do to start to build those relationships. Whereas now I think that book, like, I know the stuff to do now, you know, now the books that I like are the ones that just keep your mind focused and keep you kind of like, yeah, keep you in that, that headspace of keep on moving forward, keep on moving forward. So like exactly to your point, like someone newer might appreciate a book that's just going to be more of like a how to on how to like network and build relationships and, and, and advertise 
then as they get their tool belt of stuff they like to do, it's like, all right, now it's more about just like keeping focus and keeping that mindset of like, how do I keep, you know, motivated really, you know? Um, and that's, and so for instance, the time I got recommended to read the slight edge, it was, it was actually another friend of mine who uh, had just gotten into real estate and he was saying, um, like, this is a great book. I just finish it. You should read it. And I looked through it and I actually thought it was because it, it has like, largely the same principles, compound effect where like you see charts of like exponentially increasing, <laughs> decreasing. And I was like, oh, it's one of those man oh, no. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't like it. There's graphs. And I read it and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Like, it's, it's actually really good because it's, there's a book that's totally about like, hey, listen, for the most part, we all already know the how to's or can learn the how to's, but it's how to do the how to's that matter, like how to kind of stick to it and do it consistently. Um, and again, that was a book that talked a lot about like mentorship. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in that one, but yeah, it's like different points here of your kind of path. I feel like the books speak to you a little differently for sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's, um, it's pretty interesting, like kind of how it works that way. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you never, you never know what's going to speak to you at a certain point in time when you need to hear something, but exactly. it happens, you know, it's somehow <laughs> fate, fate determines it for you. So definitely. Yeah. So Todd, thank you very, very much for coming on here, man. That was absolutely awesome. So where on um like social media and stuff can you be found? Like everything. Uh, so- <laughs> Right now, uh, basically LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. So uh, Instagram, it's at mortgages by Todd underscore in between mortgages by and Todd. Um, and then Facebook is just Todd Benton, senior loan officer, you know, NLS number 1027466 for anyone who can listen that fast. And then LinkedIn is just Todd Battenson. Um, you know, keep an eye out for me on TikTok. Who knows when I'm going to start becoming a uh, star over there. And I, I have a YouTube page, uh, not super active on it, but uh, at some point in time, I think I might start posting some longer form videos for anyone who is kind of interested in learning, doing a little more deep dives into some of the one minute videos that I do on my Instagram. So if anyone finds value in those type of things, hopefully in the future, there'll be some long form stuff on YouTube. Definitely, man. I love it so much. I'll, uh, I'll drop all that stuff below and and yeah, keep yeah. up the, the great work, man. Thank you very, very much for coming on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, 